0: This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up.
1: the ninja turtle power hour i'm spencer toon i'm keith mcguffey
2: and i'm mike tuppleton keith's
3: back hey how's it going guys it's going pretty good
2: we had fun we had fun with cody though last week
3: we did yeah how do you do i haven't had a chance to listen yet You oh, did really don't, well don't say
2: that on the podcast <laughs>
3: <laughs> it just say, came out you yesterday
2: gotta say how, much, you gotta say how much you
3: loved it oh it was fantastic uh best episode without me yet
2: there we go perfect uh, no, you keep, uh, Cody did great and I'm, I would love to have him on again. Uh, he did scare us on TikTok.
1: <laughs> so, yes, Cody, if
2: you're listening, you scared the shit out of,
1: us. Yeah, out of all of us. I was like, shoot. And then I kept listening to it and I was like, Oh, okay. I, all right. I
2: knew, I knew you, you were kidding, but <laughs> that really like caught us off guard. And it was really funny. Yeah. So, um, but yeah cody thanks again we'd love to have you on the show again some other time um but keith's back so and since keith's back that means we're going to talk about important stuff
1: that's right we're back to covering armageddon game
2: <laughs> armageddon, uh, game. armageddon game.
1: game i am yeah, so, so what issues are we doing today spence armageddon game number four TMNT issue 136 and Armageddon game, the Alliance number four. Which don't really have titles, so I'll, I'll spare us the awkward moment of silence where so we wait for issue Keith's ritual. Number four of the Armageddon game, issue
2: 136 of Turtles and issue four of the
1: Alliance. Got it. Uh, and three good issues. I really am enjoying this story a lot.
2: Yeah. Spoiler alert. I know I've said that I didn't care for the Alliance books so far. This has, this was the best one.
1: I knew it. I knew five. this one would get you.
2: You did say it and that's why I picked it. So, because I trusted you and you were 100% right. This was the best one.
3: We're kind of closing in on the end of this
1: as well. We are, like, I, I think it's supposed like to wrap last, up in April. We're so. like in the
2: last third of the of the uh, book or the of the arc. So,
1: yeah, I mean it's possible that this thing could end up ending in May because of how
2: because of some of the delays that have been happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I'm I'm still excited cuz it's been a lot of fun.
1: So. It mm-hmm. has. Yes. And I'm I'm excited to see where it's all going. All right, so without further ado, let me tell you a story. The ancient one did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. So this issue was released January 18th of 2023. Our story is by Tom Waltz. Our art is by Vincenzo Federici. Inks by Alex Sanchez. Colors by Matt Herms. Letters by Sean Lee. Editorial assistant, Nicholas Nino. And the editor is Charles Beecham. So the Pantheon are discussing their brother, the Rat King's recent gambit. The last time one of them did something on the apocalyptic level, Gothano flooded the world and they learned that it was not worth it to win the game by destroying everything. They ponder direct intervention, but hold back since it breaks their rules. And also the person who would know best what to do is currently in some sort of coma, Kitsune. Now to our main characters. Raf and Hob return to the chaos in Mutantown and see the fake turtles' public display of freeing Ray and head out to help. Darkwater is watching because they're trying to keep an eye on Hob, but they notice that Raf is there, so how can he be one of the fakes? Something here is fishy. Raf and Hob crash into the building and take on the fake turtles. Ray knows who the fakes are, but is being smug and won't say yet. After being set free by Hob's weasels, Ray shoots his barbs at one of the fakers. Green ooze starts to spray out and he turns human. The fakers are panicked and they take off. Darkwater sees the human with the other three fakes and they are now even more confused. Sally and Ray fill everyone in on who the fakes are. They are the Gang of Four, a group of mercenaries that work for oh a group of mercenaries that work for Noel and can temporarily mutate. They met way back when Sally and Ray tried to get Dreadman to join the Mutanimals. Leo and Shredder finally meet Cherube in Dimension Z. To get her help, they must first get her incredibly powerful artifact called the Turnstone to work properly again. It's not functioning because noy who is Noel's cousin has captured the four winds. They are Cherube's mystical brethren. Once they are restored to the Eden worlds they are supposed to inhabit, the universe will be in balance again, or at least their galaxy, and the turnstone will work once again. And she can help our heroes. She takes them to Noytidar's prison and distracts him while Dark Leo and Shredder fight through lifeless zombie minions and free the four winds. Chirube appears to have lost before Saki and his old Chunin back her up with the four Winds. Now, back on Earth, the partnership between the Trio of Terror is beginning to show signs of crumbling. Stockman isn't happy with Knoll's sloppy mercs, and so Rat King needs to step in and smooth things over. The Gang of Four can use guns now, and it's time for Krang to return to Burno Island to reclaim the Technodrome. To be continued.
3: Bum, bum, bum. To be continued right now in TMNT 136. This is written by Sophie Campbell, art by Pharaoh Pay, colors by Rhonda Patterson, and letters by Sean Lee. Uh, I feel like I got the easy one tonight. Uh, This is mostly an action issue, so it's going to be real easy to summarize. So... That Utram assassin that attacks Sari in the last issue leaps out at Donatello's face, tries to enter his mouth and take him over as a new host, but Sari is able to pull it off Donatello and smash it, killing the Utron. The other three Utram assassins show up and attack, but luckily Jennica shows up and helps barricade everyone in a hallway with Donatello. Doesn't look good though. Jennica is able to convince Donatello to use his magic to stop time. He does it successfully. But he's pulled through some sort of like time vortex along with the assassins who are eaten by that giant shark thing that Carmen saw in a dream earlier. Uh, Carmen also has another experience in this weird future when Donna's sucked through the time vortex. She sees the giant shark head eating everything. Meanwhile, on Burnout Island, Mel Crane shows up to confront Terrell, only to find that Terrell and his soldiers have started using triceratons as host bodies. To be continued.
2: Next up is the Armageddon game, the Alliance number four. This is written and penciled by Sophie Campbell for the first half of the book. And the second half of the book is written by Eric Burnham with art by Roy Mercado, who did the cover for this issue. Donatello is transported to the future where he doesn't know where he is, but he hears a voice coming from the other side of the tower that he's landed in. It turns out that there's an old turtle in there, Donatello from the future, using his magic crystal tied to a pencil and drawing in the air. When all of a sudden Venus's powers activate, she sees this Donatello from the future. He's pulling her into the future along with everybody else. We flash back to future Donatello. He says, it's time to forget and seems to seemingly fry his mind. Our present Donatello witnesses all of this and is in shock. He tells himself it's just one possible future. He goes through old Donatello's books, trying to figure out something, trying to make sense of what he is. The, he comes up with the q the quantili- quantum nucleic acid, the temporal component of DNA. Venus and Bludgeon have arrived in this weird future, and they see themselves in the future bludgeon is leading his own clan of ninjas as well as a fully formed venus venus is taken by this by the future version of her that's fully formed and not a frankenstein monster when donatello finally figures out everything the armagon attacks a portal opens in the air and a giant alien mechanical shark beast comes out and starts to kill everybody the present venus reaches out to everybody and future venus sees her as everybody else is sucked up into the vortex of armagon's mouth the two venuses touch and our present venus is fully formed turning into the future venus saying that they that this moment was always meant to happen venus's memories flood back into her she remembers all of her past life and the future and donatello and her and Venus realize their connection when they're sucked back into the present. It's only been a matter of seconds. Koya is still angrily yelling at everybody as as she had burst in. Now that Donatello's there, she's even more confused. Venus lets Donatello know that she's not ready to go with him just yet. Donatello says, no, but we know where to find each other. We cut to some time later. Bludgeon and Venus are at their new location when Karai arrives. To try and recruit them for her alliance. Koya is upset that Bludgeon has left her all this time. Bludgeon then denies Karai's request. Karai respectfully accepts Bludgeon's decline of her offer to join her alliance, and the two leave, saying, just remember that only our past is set in stone. We can never be sure of the future, no matter how much we wish to be. Sensing that some evil is coming, Bludgeon and Venus prepare
1: the end man yeah three really good issues should we uh talk a bit more about some of the easter eggs and stuff dropped here in the second time around
2: yeah let's bring it around
1: totally hey uh, nice junk so the first thing that i kind of noticed is there's a panel of cuddly calic on page seven of armageddon games number four that appears to be a homage of that classic panel from the adventure series where he's just kind of got his tongue out floating yep. through space.
0: <laughs>
2: <Stop>. <laughs> it's just something about Cuddly. It's always just so funny watching that like body just fly through the air.
1: Yeah. I it's love just, him. He's so good. Yeah. Like he just put the smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even as, you know, the resident edge lord of this podcast that loves <laughs> my edgy TMNT. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take Cuddly. They could, they could have thrown Cuddly in The Last Ronin, and I would have just been happy. This character can do no wrong.
2: Yeah,
3: He's just so wholesome, you know? Like, Yeah. He doesn't have a care in the world. He's just
1: there to get people from A to B in the quickest way possible. I love and him. sometimes it seems like he's kind of like trying to teach people a lesson, though, because there's that like in Adventures, there's a whole moment where he drops the turtles off like in the future after it's been destroyed by mm-hmm. climate change and things like that. And then he's like, Oh, oops! I didn't mean to bring you here. Wink, yeah. wink, nod, nod. Let me tell you about why the world's this way. Okay, I'll take you back to your time now. <laughs> it seems like he maybe has like motives to push people in a good direction. Uh This seems like he's doing that with Torbenzix as well in previous issues. But
2: yeah, like he's he's definitely a just like an arbiter of good. Like he's definitely pushing them in the right
1: direction he's like low-key a god you know kind yeah. of thing going on <laughs> uh, love the character i could not you know any ninja turtle story with him i i will read
2: but yeah so i guess the big reveal of this issue was like wow we finally know who these uh four fake turtles are yeah after almost like Feels like it's almost been like two years
1: (laughs) that we that we've
2: known about them, but it's only it's only been about a year since that uh since that free comic book day issue.
1: Yeah, since they finally appeared, they they like teased it for so long. Tom Waltz kept doing it, and it's because the designs were awesome and it got everyone hyped. Definitely, yeah. What a what a deep cut.
3: Yeah, these guys have only the
2: four the the gang of four.
3: Yeah, and they were like werewolves or something. Last time we saw them yeah yeah
2: yeah
3: Yeah. but you know i think that's
2: what like threw everybody off is it's like how could it be them they are wolf people (laughs) like they're not they're not turtle men
1: yeah well i don't want to get too much into like you know i love being a turtle now but it's it's an awesome reveal like i you know they could have been like oh it's the crooked ninja turtle gang and just made them four other
0: humans
1: (laughs) or you know they they could have been clones and said like these are the dark turtles whatever else Hmm. but they pulled from something else in this series from earlier and it works in the story and it's it's interesting it like ends up being a reveal i don't know like you're genuinely surprised they actually were able to pull from something that was like a one-off story in the past and bring it back uh to me it tied together beautifully i i really loved
3: it yeah i really like that first issue they're in but i totally forgot they were in it (laughs) i mostly just remember like uh that's kind of like what solidifies that man ray is like very much on Hobbs' side and they really don't like humans to become mutants voluntarily yeah but i totally forgot these uh the gang of four was in it who are also a bunch of old archie comics characters they're the they're the guys that killed the mutant animals Oh yeah. Yep. So there's there's fist, lynch, waster, and deadeye are the the gang of four.
1: They look nothing like
3: like them though. Yeah, yeah. They're like like weird cyborg things in the archie comics. Yeah. Yeah. I kind
1: of I'm maybe
2: maybe on the show.
1: Maybe we'll get to see them turn into them. That'd be kind of cool if they eventually like were like, you know what, mutants (laughs) are the past, cyborgs (laughs) are the future. I want to see Deadeye be a giant eyeball man with, you know, giant eyeball head on a motorcycle. Yeah,
3: yeah. And and Fist, I think he just had like a big robot fist, mm. like Fisto from (laughs) from the (laughs)
1: Universe, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe, maybe they could, you know, work, work with, work on his design a little bit, but definitely Deadeye had the coolest design out of all of them. And there's a reason why he was like the one you saw more than the other ones. Yeah. Sure. Did one of them have like a
3: green, like, Almost like a KKK cloak kind of thing going.
1: <laughs> I forget they they Maybe. were crazy looking. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I like Deadeye. I guess he's the one I really want to want to see stick around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another deep cut: the Four Winds. I don't know if we brought them up before. Um, but they're originally in Archie's Second Mighty Mutant Animal series. Mm-hmm they're kind of like these guardians of this path that you have to follow. And the mutanimals are going after Jaguar's mom because Jaguar has a human mom because she got together with a Jaguar God. Anyway, that Jaguar God is one of the four Mm winds. Jaguar, Jaguar, Jaguaro. Uh, Anyway, point is that's something from the Archie series. And so was the idea of Eden worlds in the Archie series, Eden worlds are, just these planets that are pretty much like I don't know, like a national park of of Dimension X, <laughs> or you know, but people aren't allowed to visit them. It's just nature being allowed to be nature there, and they're set aside and and set up here. Which honestly,
2: isn't that, isn't that where Bebop and Rock City like run away naked to?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, general? they get sent there by. Is it Cuddly that drops them off there, or I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of learn that. They're maybe not so bad and maybe just need to run around like other wild animals. But the other thing this is giving me vibes of with the Eden world and like this planet that's almost kind of like hell where Noitidar and Noel are from and they're kind of like demons is like Apocalypse and like New Genesis being like the Eden worlds.
2: Oh, like in DC?
1: Yeah, like in DC with New Gods. Yeah, so like in the New Gods series, there's Apocalypse, which is you know everything bad and evil mm-hmm. in the world and dark side as its ruler and then you have new genesis where they like you know leave the planet below untouched and float in a city above it and uh, you know everything's good there kind of thing um you know that so, might okay, not be so the, what they're going for it could well, be so, a
2: okay so the so the four the four four winds are uh Azrael, Azrael mm-hmm. uh Glyph, Yowato, and Snake
3: Eyes. <laughs> Welcome like to my got anchovies. Everything's gonna be weak
2: names, and then Snake Eyes. <laughs> and
3: Snake Eyes, which is a
1: giant stink man with crazy goggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, his name is kind of, it's got goofy. But I guess when you're holding on to, a comic book series that was kind of feeding the toy line, you're gonna end up with some names like that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. but I mean, but yeah. Like God, what a deep cut, though. Like. That's cool.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a fan of it. I I'm waiting since it's supposed to be at the Armageddon games, but they're already bringing an Armageddon from the Archie series. So I don't know how they'd work it in, but I'm waiting for Death and like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse to show up at some yeah. point. But well, the other three, I guess, because he's one of them. But because
2: has War shown up yet?
1: Mm-mm, no. I'm kind of waiting to see if that happens. That arc was. Yeah something else (laughs) yeah in the archie (laughs) comics i can't decide if i like it or not i think ultimately i do because it's just so out there but and i don't know i i guess at a point where i appreciate out there a little bit more than i used to
2: i appreciate when turtles goes out there so
1: (laughs) anyway that's all i have for this issue yeah same all right so
2: 136
1: so, Jenica totally just, like, stabs that Utrom and it, she doesn't technically kill it, but everyone's like, wow, that's still alive until Sari's, like, not for long and stomps on it. <laughs>
2: it stomps yeah. on it. But,
1: <laughs> but at the same time, like, is Jenica still, I mean, she was an assassin before, and I guess she's never really, seems like she's never really adopted the turtle's policy of, like, we shouldn't kill but also it so far hasn't come up and hasn't like been challenged.
0: <laughs>
2: True. She just yeah. kind
1: of killed the thing. It was also trying to get in Donatello. So maybe they just don't care at the moment because it was like, what else was she going to do? I, I don't know. Yeah. But, I think,
2: I think you're kind of at a, she had to do it no matter what kind of yeah.
1: situation there. Yeah. So I'm just kind of wondering how much they're going to play with that. Maybe if they are going to or not, uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see. But that, that's just something I noticed. I was like, wow, she like straight up just stabbed that. Stabbed that <laughs> Utron. Like but there was blood and everything, you know? So grisly. Low key Fantastic Mr. Fox reference for everyone. Didn't wow,
2: that. God. That's was... a cut.
1: That's a cut, man. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, it's a
2: fantastic movie.
1: It is. I think Go watch Fantastic Mr. Fox.
3: Have we ever. Figured out, so like, there's three more assassins that show up, but there were five initially. And we know that one of them, like, somehow got back to Angel. Have we ever figured out, like,
1: why that happened? No, I don't think they're ever going to fill it. I think it's going to be a hole that's just going to be there. My guess is that that final panel where you see all four of them uh, in that issue is supposed to, should only have three of them. And that one's supposed to stay there to finish her off. And maybe she you know, was fighting it to a certain point and the EPF is kind of starting to uh, come into the area due to...
3: Okay,
1: I'll buy I don't it. Know. You know, that's about due to reports about something crazy going on. That's, you know, but I, that's going to be something that I don't think we're ever going to get filled in. Well, then I'll quit bringing it up.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Shut
0: it's up, a bummer because I, yeah, I want to right, fill yeah. in too.
3: Yeah, I mean, but. if that's the only like minor plot hole in this whole thing, I can... Definitely turn a blind eye to it. Yeah, that's that's right. all I really have. Ready for Alliance Four?
2: So yeah. Alliance Four is great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the first references is that note that Don gets from Future Don that says "Life at best is bittersweet." Yep, uh, that's a line all the way back from Donatello's micro series issue that Kirby, the character inspired by Jack Kirby,
2: leaves. Yeah, he leaves that note. To Donatello uh with that drawing of him,
1: this note had a little
3: symbol at the bottom. was that relevant at all? I was trying to I figure didn't that out
2: recognize it,
3: okay, yeah, I don't know,
2: but yeah the we 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 talked about it before, like how they were working in like this Donatello issue um, and I really like how they did this, like. It, the, the, way, the way it homages homage the original issue is like, that, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And it's like, without being kind of hokey, you know, like such an over-the-top, you know, uh, homage to Jack Kirby. But like, oh, this kind of way of bringing that issue here. And then the way Donatello like uses it to kind of talk to, you know, his family. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're presumably all gone. You know, mm-hmm. and so like kind of a last Ronin-esque situation, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of neat. And it's like, we don't know if they're like alive because we know the Kirby crystal could bring people to life or bring drones to life. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm curious after reading this issue, like we see that Barlow eventually got, uh, Donatello's broken shell yeah what was that thing made of that it didn't like it wasn't full of maggots or you know like <laughs> why didn't it run away <laughs> i don't know not just had really good hygiene you know must have been he or or it. like how quickly did uh did he find venus
1: it could not have been that quickly right yeah, um, i guess we also don't know how long he's been working on her you know true true but how long he's been working on the project yeah do we know how she got injured how I she don't... died i think there was some sort of something in an issue that showed something but i can't remember what I it can't was remember either yeah Must yeah. go back <laughs> um another thing is that in bludgeon and venus's clan uh in the future I think Pimico is in there. The girl with like the spiky mohawk. Yeah, the spik- it looks a lot like Sophie's was, fan thought, art of Pimico trying to place from years that ago. Too.
2: I was trying to place that, but it looks, yeah, it looks like Sophie kind of snuck in some of her designs. Yeah. Um from one of from one of her fan comics.
1: Which honestly, like, if they ever want to have, you know, if Kitsune finally comes out of like her god coma, whatever it is, uh If her and Shredder could have a daughter and it could straight up be Pimico, like, that would be super cool. And she could be kind of like a a demigod other thing, you know, coming from the two of them, like another Mm -hmm. Pantheon member or something. That would be pretty dope. Would not mind. So the other thing that that I found interesting about this issue, and we can... Anyway, maybe we'll keep this in. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Uh, Because... I, I don't think it should be, but some people may find it problematic. But do you think Sophie's experience as a transgender person kind of informs this take on Venus and the story on Venus about her like having an identity and trying to find it? And like it, you know, it's like, oh, the my past is still a part of who I am, even though I have a new identity and a new person. Uh, like, I, I you know, I'm not a transgender person, but so I don't know what it's like.
2: Um, you know that is that is a heavy topic. Um, one okay. of the three of us are not qualified to <laughs> really
0: mm-hmm.
2: weigh in on. Um, I I've kind of always gotten that feeling from uh Venus and uh and kind of Jenica's story.
3: Uh, um, same, yeah.
2: Which, I mean, also kind of works because you know those character or jenica especially is you know going from being a human to being a turtle granted that is not the transgender experience yeah um, I'm not saying it is
1: that's why I say informed by you know like it's there right, right, there, are, right, right, there are parallels maybe yeah right
2: and if that's if that's the case I do think that's I do think that's really interesting um I really like what they've been doing with Venus I think yeah. she's I think she's been a great character
1: yeah i don't um, mean that as a negative at all like no, i, I, I honestly I think so did. i
2: didn't think you did yeah um but i would love to hear uh, a trans person's opinion on the subject
0: um, yes me too i
2: have a couple trans friends that i would will probably talk to about this <laughs> and see what they say um yeah. but yeah no that's a good point you bring up
1: yeah there are things that like i i you know, even though I have not experienced that, that I can see that are kind of parallels that at least that I think could be parallels uh to that, which is cool. You know, it's, when you write, you write from your own experiences and what, you know, mm. and it is a creative new take uh on the turtles and a, and a creative new cool story to be told. And I think it's, it's really working. I really like it a lot. So anyway.
2: No, that's a great thing. That's a great thing you brought up. And like I said, if if you're a listener of ours that is transgender, we'd love to hear what your your thoughts on, on it are. Uh, I'm going to try and educate my transgender friends about this character and what's been going on in IDW Turtles <laughs> and see what they say. And see, because <laughs> that, that's a tall order.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that, that is cool about it is, like, stories like this can just help you understand people better uh you know when you when you use empathy and stuff while reading them because of that like there's an issue in Green Lanterns where Jessica goes through like a whole day of what it's like to have anxiety and my wife struggles a lot with anxiety and like after reading that issue I was able to be like oh wow like I I get it you know and I, and I was able to actually open up a discussion, a conversation with her, and and share it with her, and and be able to understand her uh, even better than I could before. So it, it's a cool thing when stories talk about, or even just you know have themes of mm. these different subjects from different experiences that you don't have because it helps you understand them better.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, that I mean that that's one of the great things about comic books is that like there's so many like amazing voices in in comics like that just write amazing stuff and that like you said it perfectly like that's it's a way to experience stuff that like you may not experience personally um but you can kind of get an idea of like what that is because you know people like sophie um write from their experiences like that Mm -hmm. and you get, you get that window into that other world that you're like, oh, I mean, for, for me personally with this issue, it was like, you know, Donatello, I I don't know why the the life is bittersweet at best, really, really hit different this time than it did when I read it in, when we were reading Mirage. Mm -hmm. Something about it just hit differently this time. That really affected me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we, we could probably, you know, get into talking about that quote and get get even more deep. But we're going to try and lighten things back up uh, by talking about anchovies. By
2: going into what we hate? Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs>
1: don't worry. It's, it's very little, you know. We yeah. just got to get through what we don't like just so we can talk about everything we do like. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? <laughs> I call it you know.
3: So i are going in game number four i I think Dark Leo is like super cool. Mm-hmm. I really dig him. I really like it almost makes me like physically sick though that he calls Shredder master, yeah, I did still. Like, I didn't
2: like it. I didn't like it because I don't want Leo to get absorbed by that personality
3: mm-hmm. but
2: i like I like that it happened like that,
3: yeah, and then maybe i'm reading too, too much into this this might be the long game of shredder is like all right we'll tap into that side where mm-hmm. he calls me master and this, this is his way of playing the game long term i
2: thought of that too i was like yeah. is this is this shredder playing the long game and he, how evil would yeah. it be if that was the case
3: right but yeah he says it like four three or four times i'm like oh man just mm-hmm. just please it just
1: it's so wrong to me you yeah. know
2: <laughs> like leo buddy please don't no, no. Yeah. leo
1: just why, just, leo, why? Just wait until. Are oh, we getting games number five? Just, oh, just gonna leave it at that. Oh, you gotta we, read that next issue. human out the years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you will, but you, you gotta read it. Okay. You gotta read it, man. Oh, I can't wait to talk about those issues, but we gotta wait the right way till March. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I didn't actually have anything for this issue. I'm. I liked the whole thing. Zero complaints.
2: I personally did not care for the reveal
3: of the gang of four really like I, how they were revealed or yeah or that i think i think
2: i just don't like the way it was revealed um like because i kind of missed that he was turning human i saw like i saw the shot and i was like oh um but it didn't I I don't know, I probably have to look at the panel again, but it it didn't look like human to me. So I didn't like see it like that. And then it was just kind of like, you got to, I think it was like, even just the next page, they're like, oh, it's the Gang of Four. And then um, you have like the little blurb at the bottom that's like, oh yeah, from uh, Ninja Turtles number or TMNT universe number 11. I was like, oh, oh, all right. Trying to find it again.
3: But yeah, I think I had to read it a couple times just to realize that <clears throat> he was turning into human as well.
2: Yeah, like it, it, it just mm-hmm. it didn't read exactly like that. But, mm-hmm. um but yeah, I just I don't know. I think I think I was a little disappointed because it had been built up for so long mm-hmm. um, that these were you know these kind of like otherworldly turtles, and then we saw them like. um we saw them in Venus's Vision and the Free Comic Book Day issue. Yeah. Um, so like we, it was just we had all these cool theories, and it's like I don't think anybody thought that the Gang of Four was going to come back, which is which is a twist. But it's yeah, like, that's
1: that's kind of what I liked about it though, <clears throat> is that like it genuinely surprised me, and it and it oh, called it, back.
2: It, it, it genuinely surprised me too. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it was a bad thing that it was them it's just like that issue was tmnt universe 11 was so long ago yeah you know which is fine in comics but it's like when did hang on when did universe 11 come out
3: it was like it would have been like 2016 or something because didn't universe end in like 2018
2: 2017 yeah okay so go. yeah june 2017 so it's that's that's five years ago. Which is a million years ago in comics.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: you
2: know? Um
1: unless you're so, reading the IDW collections.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, again, like the IDW collections like really really help with that. And it's it's good that they're always constantly in in um reprints. Mm-hmm you know how they're how they're reprinting them now as paperbacks to make it easier to get them back out which I think is great. I I it's one of the things I love about IDW. Um but yeah, just I I don't know. Like it just they haven't been around in so long that it's kind of like, oh. Okay. Again, not hating that it's them, just kind of surprised and I I, I guess the way that Man Ray kind of said it was them, like Mm -hmm. we should have known. But again, it was five years ago.
1: Well, I mean, he says he recognized it from their voices, though, kind of thing. And and so like it.
2: Right, but he recognized. So there's no way we
1: could have known. Exactly. There's no way (laughs) we could know. it. so like the reveal is, I don't know, to me, it still works. It's still there.
2: I, Uh, I guess. But. I don't know. It's it's not it's not even a hate. It's just it's just the thing that kind of took me out of it the most. Like I guess it just kind of deflated me. Mm-hmm. But again, not hating that it's them. Just I don't I don't know how you could have made that better or like had built it up and maybe they had been like a possible suspect. Yeah. Because because again, there it's from five years ago, so it's like. Eh. Yeah, well,
3: yeah. We we had so many theories and like. I haven't heard I haven't seen or heard anyone talk about the Gang of Four in IDW like,
2: yeah, at all. Like, you know? Exa- exactly. Like nobody's talked about them. And it's like there there are concepts in this book that kind of come up and then are gone for mm-hmm. a long time. So this fits that pattern. But it was just kind of like, hmm,
0: Them?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I love polling from from the past and like little things. Mm-hmm. Granted. Yeah, there was the issue of the I hype train, see. and we had like, and it, it was the issue of of fan theories kind of thing, I guess, where it's like, you have the idea that like, oh, these are going to be clones made by Noel, because th- there was something that was suggesting that like, the reason Barlow was building a turtle was for Noel and for you know yeah, this exactly. kind of thing. And it's like, and, and it's so it's like
2: they, depending on who drew these turtles, like they looked very different. Like when um, I think pay was drawing them. Mm-hmm. And and their heads are a lot like thinner than any of the turtles that we see. Yeah, and so like almost kind of human like. So like that should have been a clue, but I always just chalked it up to art style
1: because mm-hmm.
2: Pharaoh draws very differently than Sophie does. So
1: yeah, it um, is one of the disadvantages of having a lot of artists on on a book. Yeah but uh i don't know for me it i think ultimately it worked i really liked the reveal i don't know i I just love a good surprise so i like being surprised and i thought it was about time they revealed who they were and kind of start having things unravel because we have four more issues of the armageddon game series after this and we also have you know the other issues and everything else that needs to come out so the story is Getting to that point where it's time for things to start paying off and being revealed, and yeah, and getting there.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that that's been that's been one of my complaints about this. Like the series has kind of taken its very sweet time, mm-hmm. and so having having this reveal like does feel like it's momentum, but it just it I don't know it just it felt like it should have been bigger than it actually was. I think is mm-hmm. where I'm kind of going. All right. Yeah, well we <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot for that. I mean that's that's my main complaint about this issue. So
1: Yeah. Are we good to talk about 136?
2: Absolutely. Let's go.
1: Mine is a teeny tiny little thing for 136. And it's just the fact that we forgot that like Donatello got a metal bow staff. And oh, maybe yeah. I brought this up before, but like it's it's wood again, and he's using it to fight these Utrum robots that are very, very much metal that Jenica can't slash through with her claws yeah and so i'm kind of just like what happened to donatello's metal bow staff like that's that's the answer to the stick of wood problem that everyone always has <laughs> uh you know it would be you know it was awesome it was a great idea like why did we just kind of forget that it existed uh yeah. in the idw comics
2: i feel like that hap- that really just happens a lot like everybody kind of forgets what everybody has at some moment mm-hmm. um and again, it's it's always up to different artists, um, yeah, um, to draw it that way, and uh, colorists to color it. But it's like, it's it's like come on, like nobody keeps a list because like sometimes Donatello will have his metal shell and sometimes mm-hmm. he won't. Yeah, it, it's mostly like guest artists who forget that he has that metal shell. But it's like, that's not in like a character bible somewhere where you guys always do
0: that.
1: Yeah. Like I said, it it is a small detail, but like to me, to me, it's important. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to talk about uh, the right. panel
3: where, where they're colored wrong.
2: Where so I was I was going to bring that up. Half, so that yeah. was I remember that was a um, <laughs> I remember expecting to see it. Um, somebody who follows us, uh, Eugene Fugitoid or Fugitold on. Um, I think it's I, I don't know if it's a capital I or a capital uh, or or a lowercase l, but uh, Eugene on Twitter, um, I just, he he's reading the books right now, uh, kind of at the same pace we are, and he posted that uh, that that picture of it's like they're gonna go charge at all the other um, Utrum assassins, and then it switches to like Jenica's holding or Jenica's holding Donatello's bow, and then donatello has her tekokage Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and it's just like it's it it, and then the next panel the colors are switched back
1: yeah it it is funny because like the 87 cartoon did that so much now that you can just like write it off and be like oh it looks like a homage to the original cartoon (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: sure it is
3: what was Jenica's magic power i'm trying to remember
1: so like Donatello has space. I and don't time. remember
2: everybody's power anymore. Like I don't yeah, I mean Don they Tilo just keep going with time power.
1: They just keep going with Donatello's space and time. Raphael has used his like sensing emotions. Uh, I don't know if as Michael like Michelangelo hasn't really used his. Neither is Jenica. Donatello's you know of course his time and spacing has become a very huge plot point. Uh, he's kind of taking the main stage of the of the story. Mm. I
3: feel like right now. That's oh, like right. when Jenika is like trying to convince him to use his magic. I'm like, why don't you use your magic? Like, yeah. Also, what what forget- was your power I though? I don't remember.
2: I had forgotten that they weren't apparently they apparently they weren't allowed to see let anybody see them using the magic.
1: Yeah. No, that was very explicitly written. I was waiting for this moment when they would do it in front of someone.
2: Oh yeah, like uh, because I just I had forgotten that was a thing. Like that uh, was that was one of the rules. Yeah. But I mean, like. They were kind of in a do-or-die situation. Like Donatello kind of had to do something.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that I read Armageddon Game Four number first, because they spoiled the Gang of Four reveal in the summary of this issue.
2: Oh yeah. I w- well, I read this issue first. Oh yeah. Um, but I didn't read the summary.
3: Oh, good. So I, so I <laughs> good missed that.
2: I missed that, but I was really confused that like Krang and Trell fight at the end of this issue and then he and then I read Armageddon game number 4 uh next and then Krang was taking off to go meet Trell and I was like oh I read this out of order that's not an anchovy that's just me being
3: dumb what well, does it it does say that they happen concurrently but it does really I mean, they, read they like do... four happens first
2: I think a lot of I think a lot of these issues happen like uh they 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 happen concurrently and then like one issue will get a little bit ahead and then the other issue has got to like catch up a little bit and then it gets ahead um so they're like not necessarily happening happening at the same time but it's like they're kind of lapping each other like every every other issue
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I, I actually do really want to reread this whole thing and reread it in the perfect reading order that they give you yeah, the I list think, that they haven't yeah. quite released it. I
2: almost, because like when I was reading these issues today, I was like, I really wish I had read some of the previous issues again. Because it also it's also been a while since we've talked about these issues too. Mm-hmm, like, I don't think, have we done, is this our first Armageddon game this year?
1: No, I think we did one like the first couple weeks of January.
2: Okay. But that's but even then it's like, over like a month and a half ago, yeah. So it's like, I've already kind of forgotten. We've done so many episodes of eighty seven that my mind is kind
0: of blanked on it. Yeah. But again, that's not an anchovy of the book. That's just,
2: I think I think this would read a lot better. Like 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 you said, like this would read a lot better reading it all at once, which eventually when uh the idw collection gets to that we'll we'll probably get that
1: yeah no and i mean i think a lot of definitely this series is is written to be more of a trade paperback than it is mm. a month-to-month story like it, it is given in those installments that are like episodes but yeah it's it's i think it's meant to be enjoyed more all read together than it is waiting monthly for <laughs> for the story to continue um is that it for 136 yep all right so my thing with the alliance number four and i'm not even sure if it's an anchovy i'm just kind of like torn uh because the armagon thing is cool but
0: mm-hmm. i also
1: kind of want to see Armaged armagon with his like arms and legs uh you know just just i mean maybe not totally the classic look but i don't know just just some sort of form where he's got his arms and legs and he looks cool and and the turtles can just like fight him. <laughs> yeah, they're, I'm still on the fence about what they're doing with Armagon. Yeah, I also
3: understand. Like, I was such a fan of that character as a kid that like mm. it probably will never live up to that. You know. Yeah, was, like, I have to accept that. But
2: I'm really curious how it's going to go because like I like that design.
1: It is. It's it's really it's, cool.
2: It's really cool, and that's that's um that's my next section on it. Um. But again, yeah, like you said, I'm cautiously optimistic too, or cautiously reading this, like, hmm. Because like Armagon is such a, a Armagon's uh classic character. So it's like, is this how they're going to bring him in after all this time? As yeah, like and, this kind of big entity.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that I will say is like having you know, since I've recently read the the adventure series myself armagon is a great character design love the way he looks but story-wise like there wasn't really a whole lot that like set him apart from verminator x and like the other characters that were coming from the future to fight the turtles Mm. he stole hitler's brain he did he did steal hitler's brain and (laughs) and use it as a component of his time machine Yeah, but when you say
3: stuff from that series out loud, like it's crazy. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it is. And then Hitler like goes back into World War II, and anyway, his brain does. It makes it like back in time to World War II, and it's 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 nuts. You know, that's when Raphael eventually goes and punches Hitler.
2: I called him the Armagon, which I think is a cooler title than just calling him Armagon, but at least this version. Yeah. Because it's like this version is a force of nature, it looks like. Yeah, big time eating beast that comes out of a portal and sucks everything into its gaping maw with teeth.
1: Yeah, it is pretty Galactus. It's uh, it's it,
2: such a cool design.
1: It is. Um, no, like definitely, definitely cool design. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It, but you know, the thing I will say with with the adventure series is like Verminator X was kind of already like a, you know guy from the future that came back. Yeah. You know, so was Armagon. There wasn't really like a whole lot to just you know distinguish him other than he was Mm -hmm. like because he also never really got an origin yet, right? In in the series because it kind of ended shortly after the Future Shark trilogy, Mm -hmm. so there there isn't necessarily a whole lot to build off of there. And so like I can see why you'd maybe try and take a a direction like this with it, and maybe you know we haven't seen Armagon, maybe he will like have like a form where he's just in his. Arms and legs, and when he uses some sort of kujikiri or something like that, he turns into a big entity that's mm. sucking and eating things we don't know yet.
0: Well,
2: I mean, also, yeah. also, too, like this is very much in the future, so it's like, yeah, something has to have happened to turn him into this,
1: yeah, like we and, he could be turned into this, yeah,
2: yeah, and like that would be really cool, too. Um, yeah. so I my biggest anchovy um, for this issue is kind of the same thing that I've always been complaining about. like it, it's very jarring to go from the um the A story to the B story where Karai shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going going from Sophie's art, which like God, it was so good this issue. yeah, just God oh, Sophie's on fire this issue.
1: Yeah. And then jumping well,
2: to Roy Mercado, which isn't bad, but it was just, it was such a contrast to Sophie mm-hmm. that it was just like, oh, took me out of it for a second.
3: I think I'm in a different boat with Venus and you guys. I, I'm i not sure I like what they're doing with her because like,
0: mm.
3: I mean, I, I really like the Frankenstein look, but yeah, I still don't know that we know how she got injured and now we've like, we've artificially aged her up basically which they already did with Sari and then like we know she was a punk frog but like she's never really made an attempt to contact the other punk frogs even though the punk frogs like burned a building down looking for her and now she's just another turtle so well, I think I, I don't know
2: I think with I think with that is like she's still trying to figure out who she is you know and I I think she wasn't ready to confront anything like Remember she didn't remember a whole lot until this issue anyway. So now that she does have her memory back, she might go contact the frogs.
1: That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, no there are some things that it seems like they kind of wanted to, you know, have characters at a certain spot right now, and so they kind of did some things to to jump them yeah, there. Yeah, but... yeah, I
3: guess that's that's maybe my issue
1: with it is like mm-hmm. I
3: I thought she was really cool as like a half frog, half turtle thing and I she's just like full turtle and yeah you know it, yeah it feels like they just like kind of were like all right um we have this character be to be this way but we have this character here now so just you know m- make it work <laughs> you know yeah, yeah of like no.
1: organically growing it you know I do kind of miss the the Frankenstein look I will say that
3: I like uh, that it was it, really
1: cool it's really cool it
2: was it was it was really cool
1: but I guess you know like the character journey is supposed to be that she achieves you know, some sort of, like, wholeness and balance yeah, and it's representative yeah. in her in her form, which is also kind of cool. Yeah. All right,
3: is that That's
2: everything all we didn't Let's, like?
3: Yeah. Let's go to what we loved about these issues, huh? Oh, I love being a turtle.
1: I love how old Hob just, like, unloads his pistols and doesn't hit anything in their yeah. whole fight with the Gang of Four. <laughs> and I think yeah. I've kind of realized across the series, has old Hob ever actually managed to actually shoot anything like I, i'm sure i'm trying to think back in this whole series i don't know if he ever has like he's this cat that like loves guns always pulling them out always ready to shoot him firing him off but it doesn't seem like he ever actually kills it or hits anything with him like he's just like the worst shot on the planet well he's, he's, well, but he's,
3: got he's a cat with perception.
1: one eye yeah, yeah. right <laughs> he's
3: got no background. really bad at it <laughs> I do think he's launched like a grenade launcher at like literally the broad side of a barn and hit it. But yeah, I think you're right. Besides that, he hasn't
1: really hit anything, has he? He's missing yeah, it's just that lack of depth perception, that's all it is. <laughs> right. He mostly uses them to intimidate.
3: He's and uh, he's new to thumbs too, you know. He he lived in the streets as a regular cat for so long. <laughs> like he's not used to holding and aiming something. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I don't know. It's just, Spencer, just, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. There's just something that's just really, you know, humorous to me about that. That he's like, you know, lo- like because you always see him with guns, but I don't think he's ever actually managed to shoot anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not for lack of trying. What uh, are you looking
3: for, Mike?
2: I really like the pacing of all three of these issues. Mm-hmm. Like, it moves It's such a good clip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I also just love that that single panel of Shredder and Dark Leo together. And, well, I just love seeing them together, period, and just fighting. But then also, like, them with the four winds behind them when they come to, like, help Chirube out. I, I don't know. It just looks really cool. They just look awesome. Yeah. Uh, that Dark Leo design is amazing. It really is.
2: It holds up after all these years.
1: Yeah. Uh and, and also just the way that they're using TMNT Adventures characters that they're just tapping that that gold mine of creativity that a lot of people haven't seen, that is very unique, cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a great well to pull from, and I'm loving seeing it. Uh I, I think I already I feel like I already talked enough about how I liked the gang of four reveal. So I I won't go any more of that. I think it was really cool that they made that poll too. I loved that. It surprised me. That's that's the biggest thing I have to say about this series and the upcoming issues and everything else and these issues is that it keeps actually like genuinely surprising me and keeping me on the edge of my seat. And that has been the best thing I could ever ask for from a Ninja Turtles comic that is pulling from all the sorts of history of Ninja Turtles, making characters feel very similar to the way when you first met them. And yet at the same time, still feeling different and surprising me as I'm reading it. It's It's the best part of this series
2: hard agree um it's it's been a long time since like turtles has been really this exciting um so yeah these three issues just absolutely solidified why i love a lot of this this world
3: yeah i really liked the the pantheon in the beginning of this and it revealed that like gathano flooded the world yeah (laughs) that's amazing
1: (laughs) i love it (laughs) well and that's the other thing i forgot to bring up kind of in the second time around is that like it is like inspired biblically because well because like akko yeah. is i guess the one that went to noah and told him to build a boat <laughs> yeah but yeah also they're talking about how rat King's going to make the world burn and biblically they talk about how you know there was the flood of noah and how you know one day in the future are you know armageddon there's going to be you know a great fire that you know like the world will the world will burn kind of thing and so you know now it's talking about you know the second apocalypse essentially happening Uh, Anyway, so it's kind of neat, I guess, to see that that poll. Your mileage may vary on how much you like biblical references, but
3: Hmm. I just think it's cool. Even they've always talked about, like, we've been playing this game forever. And it's this is the first time they've really, like, referenced, like, here's what we did in playing this game, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
2: And it's Noah's Ark.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's this huge (laughs) catastrophe.
1: Yeah. Well, there's also so many different, uh, flood myths like throughout mm-hmm. the, hist- like on all sorts of different cultures across the world which is also interesting i remember reading one in like fifth grade i don't know so maybe my memory's faulty but that was like a native american one uh that existed i don't know from no, which know area or group but yeah they had their own flood story too it's like sixth grade because it was world history so it's interesting that so many parts of the world have had like a flood myth. So I don't know. I'll, I'll always love a reference to there have being a flood because it's just a part of the mythology of so many different cultures, yeah, and uh, religions.
3: All right, let's but, mo- move on to one thirty-six. Wait and see if you remember it. <laughs> yeah, let's move on one thirty-six. Yeah. Guys, those Triceraton utrams are really cool. So cool. Oh, yeah, man. they look freaking awesome i like that trail is like you're just he tells krang he's like you're just mad because you didn't think of it first and i'm like man now i'm mad that no one's thought of this first you know
2: yeah, but it <laughs> took so long to get that yeah
1: right i it's mean so my cool my my own headcanon for why that is is like initially they were trying to keep themselves out of the conflict and so the triceratons were their soldiers and it seems like the whole time they had to have some level of compliance and loyalty from them and i imagine that using their bodies is walking, you know, weapons would uh probably put them off a little bit. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And keep them from being loyal to them. So I th- I feel like that's why it hasn't been done yet. But uh there's also a suggestion that it's lowly or whatever, you know, Crane calls them. You know, so you know, considers it to be like a trashy thing to do. <laughs> Man, it looks cool though. It does. No, I, I'm a big fan of it. I love it. As sad as it is for the Triceratons, it looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) uh, This issue in general is just a great action-packed issue. Like, a lot of awesome stuff. Like, you see Jedica, like I said, stabbing that Utram, and you're just like, oh, yeah, violence. Uh, You know, Sari stomping on it. Yeah. Um, Just just a lot of awesome stuff. You know, Donatello doing the Kuji-Kiri thing, and finally us getting a payoff on that setup of don't ever let anyone see this because it'll go wrong right he'll get sucked into the
3: future which like that whole panel of, like his arms stretching out into yeah. the vortex was sweet
1: yeah oh man i just remembered another second time around speaking of when they see the future when carmen goes to the future she sees bob the baboon mutant which I is noticed. in Archie's yeah comics yeah. All you see, all you ever know about him is that his name is Bob, and he's a student of Leo. He just appears. It's a very brief appearance, but he exists and he's there. <laughs> and back when I read this issue, man, just, I mean, and even, even still now the suggestion of a showdown between Crane and Terrell and seeing them like just facing off there. And uh, the way this face off is playing out like their, their whole like back and forth with each other, how, Chorell says, like your father was right about you kind of thing, and hitting crane right where it hurts verbally before they they go at it. Is it's just awesome. I love how epic this build-up is for it. It's and I and I'm just down to see a metalhead crane fight a Chorell in a triceraton body. That's freaking awesome. Also, that could be a reference to the never aired, well, the never might created season of. Of fast forward because they were going to have the shredder return and he, as a neutron, was going to have taken over a triceraton. Oh, uh, awesome! Yeah, I'm kind of glad That's it didn't cool. happen because one of my complaints for that series is that he always comes back, uh, <laughs> and it worked out better that way since they were able to pull him in from for you know the Turtles Forever movie. But it is a neat idea and it's cool, and it could be reference to that or it could just be the way it happened. Yeah awesome maybe it's just a no-brainer to have Utroms taking over triceraton bodies trill seems to think that so yeah
3: (laughs) all right we ready for alliance four yeah
2: i love 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 sophie's art
3: yeah yeah it's very like like it's like her newer art but but also reminds me of like when she did the Leo one shot, like way back. Yeah. You know, like that it's like the,
1: those two styles kind of coming together to make, yeah to make this issue. It's really well, good. The other thing that I feel like it actually kind of reminds me of at some points, especially just like the way the, the medieval kind of looking castle that Donatello and everything is in is it reminds me a lot of uh, Pablo Tunica's art kind of. And mm-hmm. like a little bit of it's in there. A little bit of that's in there. But it's not like, it's it's not like, you know, definitely not the same like stylization that Paulo Tunica has when he draws characters, but maybe it's like that painted look to it. Maybe it's more of yeah. the colors that's making me think of it. Mike, what are on. you Googling?
2: You can hear me typing?
1: Oh yes. yeah, it's very loud.
2: <laughs> I have my mic muted.
1: I <laughs> apparently not
2: <laughs> hang on hang on because I swear to god if it's if the audio you've been hearing the entire time is my webcam audio not my microphone that's in front of my face that would explain everything
3: oh man thought I was that's, being all slick that's funny I like that
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for calling me out on it because that's how we figured this out. So. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, you're fine. All right. I'm legitimately curious what you're Googling though. Uh
2: I I'm talking to my I'm talking to my friend Holly, um uh-huh. because she's one of the trans women I know, so I was
3: Oh yeah. yeah. I was
2: I was getting this getting her opinion while it's fresh in my mind and while we're still talking about it. And I'm going through Sophie's Tumblr right now too.
1: Mm. Okay. Anyway, it's, continue
2: what you were saying. All right. Leave this on. I don't know. I don't know how much of this you want to leave in or just cut it and move it to the bonus content.
1: We'll see. We will see. I mean, I'll probably leave in the what are you Googling because I liked what I was saying and, so, and you were typing. So Yeah, do that.
3: But anyway. I think you so, should also leave in. But my mic is muted. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. Leave, leave that into where we figure out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, then do where we figure out what it was. That's funny. All right.
3: So are we ready for Alliance number four? I think we're still in Alliance number four. Oh, we're already talking about it. Look at that. All right.
1: Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I'd really be into it when they first introduced the idea, but I've decided I really am digging the Kujikiri stuff officially. Yeah. Like, this issue's really kind of sold me on it. I, I'm liking what they're doing with some of the Mystic stuff and and the direction it's going with it. It's neat. Yeah. I I would like to see more of the other guys' stuff though. I I feel like
3: we've really got a grasp on like Leo and Don, but yeah, not necessarily the rest of them. Speaking of like Michelangelo's not in any of these issues. Where where is is he flying back to Earth with uh Princess Trib? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. With the Nova Posse. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still on his way back heel. So iron's in this fire. It's hard to keep him straight. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, we kind of got his whole story in like Armageddon games, like two and three. And so mm-hmm. now that, or maybe he's even, maybe it was four, I don't know, you know, we but it was mostly focused on him. And so now it's kind of off him and more on Wrath. And the main book has been focused on Donatello the whole time. Oh, that's, that's the other thing that's focused on a lot more right now is Leo, especially number yeah. five. is very focused on Leo when, when we get there.
2: So uh I was I was just gonna say again, I really, 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 really just love this arc. Uh love love the art um from Sophie. I love Bludgeon's um plan for his own clan. Mm-hmm. Um I really think that is I, I don't know. I've always really liked Bludgeon.
1: Yeah. Well and the other cool thing about Bludgeon is he has had this great arc and the thing is is bludgeon's personality and his character and kind of like having this chill kind of zen personality is all created by sophie mm-hmm. like because that comes clear back from karai's path like that mini turtles universe series because before that he was just kind of a minion of shredder the turtles fought him and and uh fought him and uh shoot it blinded him, but like he didn't have a personality hardly at all, yeah. Before that, yeah, yeah. It was really in Karai's Path that him and uh the hawk mutant that I feel like a terrible Koya fan for what Koya Koya, yeah, geez, I knew that, yeah. So, like, him and Koya really got their personalities in Sophie's uh story on Karai's Path, which is probably one of my favorite favorites of her stories that she's done uh especially for karai and and those characters
2: yeah going and going through uh sophie's tumblr um sophie says that koya is one of her favorite
1: characters to draw koya's pretty darn cool so i can i can see why
2: i can definitely see why um but yeah i just i don't know something something about like bludgeon like Really taking it to heart that like oh like I have my own clan I want I want to do that that's the future I want even though that future got gobbled up by Armagon like I I really like that for Bludgeon's character yeah uh so yeah so three really good issues I really loved I really loved this um it I don't want to say that Armageddon game is finally kicking off because I think I said that last time too but. I think these are the first three issues that like I really enjoyed all three of them. Cool. And uh this is the first the alliance that I feel like stood on its
1: own. Yeah, it is really good. All right, now we go to talk about the news. Let's do it.
2: This is April O'Neill of Channel Six. <laughs> We're going to start off with comic book news this week, and I'm going to do the comic book news because I forgot to do it last week when we had Cody on. Uh, but literally the day that Cody was on, uh, or no, it was the Wednesday before. So it's a funny story. I was, I'm i in a lot of the Facebook groups, and they, one of the groups, uh, or in a couple of the groups, there's this uh, girl named Carrie, um, who is just Carrie Ann. She's very sweet. Every day she posts a picture of the turtles. And she's like, this is Raph and
1: Leo and Mikey from IDW. This is
2: Raph, Leo, and Donnie from whatever. Have a good day. Have a good day. It's it's a daily post of a picture of a turtle. Who's in it? Have a good day. Um, so she posted one day a picture of, like, Rat King with the turtles, and it was an IDW issue. And I'm looking at it, and, I, and it's Rat King from, like, 87. So I'm like, okay, it's a Saturday morning adventures. This is Saturday Morning Adventures number one. And I'm like, that's not a cover I recognize. And then I recognized the art was by, you know, friend of the show, Sarah, Sarah Meyer. And I was like, I don't remember them doing that, that cover. I look at it a little more. It's Saturday Morning Adventures continued. I'm like, that's, that's something I don't recognize at all. Uh, so I hit up Sarah, I sent her a picture of it and I'm like, yeah, you got something to tell me. <laughs> so apparently it had been leaked out on uh, an Italian website, uh, that the, like some of the solicits have gotten out for a future issue. So it looks like Saturday morning adventures did well enough that it is getting a sequel series called Saturday morning adventures continued. It has not been publicly announced as of this recording, um by IDW but they did acknowledge it by liking and commenting on our picture on Instagram so cool we're just waiting to see you know how many issues that might be or
0: what
1: yeah I mean hopefully I don't know because if they haven't announced it yet there's a part of me that's kind of like low-key uh I don't know like I like, there's still maybe a possibility it won't happen You know, I don't know. Like, I I don't want to be like negative about it. Like, I it's really cool. But
2: I think it's I think it's definitely happening. Uh, Uh, I think I think they're just kind of waiting. for for something
1: probably Um, for a window. I mean, they think you've got the big crossover coming out with, which is our next piece of news.
2: Yeah, uh, Uh, they you know they got they got which just revealed today uh, on IO nine, and we posted it right at the same time. Uh, they are doing a crossover between Street Fighter and uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So Teenage Mutant Turtles versus Street Fighter, just like the action figures from Playmates. Uh, it's a five-issue miniseries coming in uh May of this year. It's going to be written by Paul Allor, art by Ariel Medell, and Sarah Meyer. Front of the show is on color. So, awesome. Uh, so you can go hit up our socials. You can see the picture there, um, the picture of the first cover, and then IO9 has uh, exclusive, um, like, pre-colored panels by Ariel Madell and kind of a bigger kind of a bigger breakdown of what to expect from the series. Um, yeah, so go check it out over there. Uh, written by my good buddy James Whitbrook, um, also friend of the show, and. I think the my biggest thing when I found out about this is Street Fighter as a comic book if you are if you if anyone is familiar with it Street Fighter as a comic book has been with Udon Entertainment for almost 20 years. And so this book is published only by IDW. It's not a joint publication like Batman and Power Rangers have been with DC and Boom Studios respectively. So it's I think it's really interesting, and I don't think that this is an announcement of IDW picking up the Street Fighter license, but I think that would be very interesting if this was how that kind of got revealed.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. the, my my only thing that I I mean, it look, it sounds awesome. Like this is this is me just being being a butt, but. uh Man, there's a perfectly good battle nexus for these guys to fight and why are they going to Atlantic City?
2: To... <laughs> yeah, they're very Atlantic specifically city. going to Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's funny cuz like how Atlantic City is like is a real city uh-huh. um you know in our world. But I think it's funny cuz like Street Fighter has its own like Street Fighter has kind of set up that they that their big city is Metro City um, mm-hmm. from the Final Fight games. And Street Fighter Six, like, really is driving that home, and so like the game, that game is going to be set in uh, Metro City. Mm. So the fact that this is set in like a real city also kind of like makes me think, and and the fact that this is only published by IDW, this really makes me think that like, do you think this could be canon to IDW Turtles?
1: It could be, but I do think there'll be universe hopping shenanigans. I don't think they're going to exist in the Turtles world. Like they've got to be jumping universes to somewhere.
2: So I'm really, I'm really curious about this. Um, Again, not, we don't know anything about it. It is due in May of this year. Uh, So
1: hit up your, uh, I
2: think you have to pre-order the book by April 17th. So just let your local comic book store know. Uh, by then and they should be able to get you a copy
1: cool there's a part of me that's holding out small hope that uh if this does well it'll result in ninja turtles fighting game give me that 2d fighter that
2: would be pretty cool
1: i need it i I highly doubt it i highly doubt it but maybe who knows
2: (laughs) shifting over to toy news uh has done a couple reveals lately so there's a fantastic interview with speaky geeky um where you can go check out a lot of what was revealed. Uh, it's part four in his series. I think we talked about it last week. Um, but one of the things that got dropped, uh, kind of revealed, um, was the box art for uh, the portable portal generator uh, playset that's coming from NECA that was put up on the NECAstore.com by accident and then taken down like a couple of hours later. We got to see the box art. And let me tell you, I know one of us on this podcast was really excited and the other one wasn't. <laughs> uh, so on the box art uh, was uh, the turtles looking into Donatello's portable portal generator and seeing a couple characters popping their heads out of it, including Mr. Og. Ooh.
3: Kerma. We already have who, Kerma. So who
2: I don't think Kerma ever went through the portable portal generator.
3: I mean, he's, he's got not. a spaceship he's, that's
1: shaped like a skyscraper, right? He's not from so, another
2: yeah. dimension. He's just from another planet.
1: So, mm-hmm. He's I got a that spaceship w- that looks a lot like the Chrysler building. So, right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the best guest character of the 1987 series, Hokum Hare, and his first acknowledgement by NECA. So no. I know I was really excited for that. Uh, do I think that we'll get a, a Hokum Hare figure? I don't know. Hopefully. Maybe Keith and I were talking about how wild it would be if uh <laughs> Mr. Og and Hokum Hair wound up being a two pack.
3: Yeah, we'd have to get that and like split it between us. You can have Hokum Hair, but I'm going to just smash Mr. Og into a billion tiny well,
2: I'd pieces. I'd keep Mr. Og. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep him away from you. But yeah. Time uh, to
3: fireworks on the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah that was... hey, that's a great idea. <laughs>
2: So that that was that. And then uh, I believe it was just yesterday as we're recording this, um, NECA sent out an update about their version of the turtle van um, that they solicited last year. Um, They finally revealed the changes that they've been making behind the scenes to it because a lot of people were kind of upset at that original design because the hump on the back of the shell of the van was a little too humpy for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh I personally liked the hump but two each their own. Uh Neca did come back and redesigned it and has flattened it out immensely. Uh so that it looks a lot more how it appeared in the majority of the show rather than just a couple a couple of uh, appearances. So everybody seems to be a lot more happier with this new design. Uh myself included, it looks great. Um I'm really excited for it. And so now a lot of people seem to uh, be asking the question, will there be more pre-orders now that everybody seems to universally like this redesign? Uh, NECA in that same video had said that they're, you know, they're considering it. Nothing is set in stone just yet. Um, It is also delayed from quarter one, 2023 to quarter three, 2023. So it could be mean, probably july august of this
3: year
1: all right well if that's it for news is
2: that
0: it for news
3: i've got one random thing for y'all oh let's hear it yeah so uh you remember tmnt number eight the crossover with cerebus you know we do yes of course you do it's the first appearance of renette right well uh dave sim is actually remastering that issue i as far as i know it's the same plot it's just drawn from his angle instead of Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird's. Um, this is a Kickstarter exclusive. It's going to be exclusive on Kickstarter from March 1st to March 30th, 2023. It won't be distributed to Comic Shop, so if you want to get it, that's the way to get it. Um, I'm personally interested. I am not a huge fan of Dave Sim, but I'm a big fan of Turtles and seeing it from a different angle. Sounds kind of cool.
2: I'm definitely interested in this, and I will be picking it
1: up. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Like I I was kind of wondering how on earth, you know, he could get like the rights to just do like a, a you know, quote unquote remastered version. And I guess it's because he can I guess he like has just as much of rights to it, to the story as Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird do with the agreement they signed. So it's interesting. But I, yeah, he's yeah able I'm to assuming. Do it I,
3: I wonder if that means that Eastman and Laird could redo it their way using their own version of cerebus if he's using their own his own version of turtles right yeah i don't know i don't know how that works that'd
2: be real interesting yeah uh one last bit of news uh we talked about it a couple weeks ago uh on the cartoonist kayfabe channel um on youtube they did that fantastic interview with peter laird uh, for the first time in years uh peter's been really active on their channel uh since then uh, he has kind of gone through issue one and kind of his own memories of that, uh, and then Kevin has joined him on the show to talk some more, uh, talk more about uh, issue two.
0: So yeah.
2: I, I haven't had a chance to watch those just yet. Uh, I'm really excited to though because that's this is the first interview the two of them have done together in years.
1: Yeah, well, and it's cool to have them like actually going over their work because we've seen them. Be interviewed on you know turtle power and mm-hmm. you know interviewed and brought together for yeah, a period the toys of time with, with the toys that made us and so just to see them actually like talking about these issues that they worked on together uh you know both at the same time is something i don't think we've really seen mm. which is really cool
2: so yeah so super super cool that cartoon escape Fave has been able to pull this together and that Peter is really excited to be doing it. I mean, he's, I think they're going to be doing another issue. Um,
1: so doing, yeah. as not talking about another issue.
2: Yeah. That's what I meant.
1: Yeah. Nothing has been said. Uh, as yes, as he's not, he's not making a
2: new <laughs> issue just yet. But I mean, like I said, he has talked about like possibly getting the spark to want to do this again. Yeah. So, oh man. I mean, hopefully, hopefully as Peter gets more comfortable,
1: you know, with
2: modern media he'll he'll want to come back so
1: well the thing is is I think there's a whole lot more appreciation for those original turtle comics even even more than there's ever been before uh I think you know as more people have discovered they exist and have gone back and discovered I, them. well I
2: think a big I think a big part of that is that now they're so readily available to yeah visit, to yeah around. you know like you could just, you could literally just go on ID, pay five bucks to Amazon and be able to read all of Canon Mirage.
1: Yeah. No, it's, I mean, digital comics really do make comics so much more available to people. Cause as someone who didn't get into comics until, I don't know what, like really get into like buying comics and stuff, mm. the comic book shop form of selling comics doesn't make them the most accessible to people. uh you know as much as I like I like you know a local comic book shop and love going and love buying stuff and, and have learned to love it. it does kind of fill almost like a bar to entry. uh you know you can find trade paperbacks and stuff at a at a at like a bookstore and things like that in collections but I know that there is something for whatever reason that just seems hard about entering. That space and and going in there at the very beginning. Well, it's because you right. have to literally physically enter that space. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and you don't know anything, and you know, mm-hmm. you're always worried about being the person that doesn't know anything and being new to something. And there's a whole like community there and a whole set of other people kind of thing. You don't really know what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's how I feel like ordering coffee at Starbucks. Like that's a whole
3: world, you know, yeah. and like. <laughs> All I want is just, like, coffee, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, okay. anyway,
2: yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Thank you for sticking out with us with uh, the Armageddon Game Comics because we're always really excited to talk about them. Um, if you guys are reading along, let us know what you think. If you really enjoy us doing uh, these recaps and kind of breaking everything down for you, and spotting the little references that you may or may not have noticed. Um, let us know. Cause that's, that's why we do it. We hope, we hope everybody's enjoying it. Um, let us know somewhere on the internet that you like the show Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook or Ninja Turtle pH. If you can't find the other one. Uh, and guys, yeah, we love you.
1: Yeah. Hey, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going back into season six of the 1987 series. And we're covering issues seven, eight. And nine, not issues. Sorry, episodes. Uh, Sorry, I just really want to talk about comic books again. I guess. (laughs) Episode seven, eight, nine of season six. So that is Shrika's
3: revenge, too hot to handle, and nightmare in the lair. Those sound
1: awesome. They do. Well, folks, that's our show. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Life at best is bittersweet. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
2: I had one more thing I liked I like that Venus's final color is white
3: yeah it's it's instead of cool. instead of powder blue instead of powder blue yeah I I,
2: I I like Frank and Venus I love that design um but I really like the they, turtlepedia calls her uh calls it um her 2.0 form
3: hmm. have you seen the screenshots because like so they made her blue as well as leo right mm-hmm. but there's there's screenshots of the next mutation where um leonardo is actually wearing yellow instead of blue
2: oh i think i saw
3: those yeah huh kind of interesting yeah
2: all right i'm gonna go hop off i gotta stretch my legs
1: yeah same yep, yep. yeah we've been sitting here for a long time we accidentally i think made an extra long episode like I hurt my
2: <laughs> I hurt my back a couple weeks ago or, uh-huh. or last week and so now i'm Added these ergonomic pads to my chair, and it's really uncomfortable.
1: Oof! All right, yeah. So. But I feel like when you have artists turned to writer, mm-hmm. it can either go one of two ways. From ever, like my experience, either a like you know they do a great job of just telling everything with the pictures and visuals and everything else mm-hmm. because they understand the value of that in a store in a comic book, or b they're like George Perez and they just like it's just blocks of text. That yeah. <laughs> that you read, like I like George Paris, <laughs> I like his run on Wonder Woman, you know. But it's a lot of reading. Like there are so many words in those issues, and part of that's because it was the '80s. But I'm trying to think of. I think Todd McFarland also might be guilty of that in some of the oh, stuff I've seen.
2: Definitely of guilty of that.
1: Yeah, like there, there's a lot of artists turned writers that they're either a like have you know very little dialogue or b just too much. <laughs> Yeah, you know dialogue, but like narration and stuff. Boy, I'm a fan of less narration and more, uh, more visual storytelling. Yeah, I'm okay with there being like a lot of dialogue when there needs to be, but when they cut back on the narration, I I like it. Um.
2: So news tonight. We got to mention Saturday Morning Adventures. We got to mention Street Fighter um mm-hmm. <clears throat> neck is doing the um portable portal generator
3: i know i saw box art from that but i haven't seen the actual toy yet uh it.
2: i th- think i think it was in the speaky geeky interview okay um <clears throat> sorry i got a bug in my throat still <clears> throat> um i think it was in the speaky geeky interview it's got a couple like lenticular screens that you slide in like little hologram screens that's cool and then you could um so you have like the different dimensions represented uh but the big thing was that hokum hair is on the box
1: oh man you can get your hokum hair figure
2: so i well, not getting my got not getting my hopes up but um (laughs) But that would that's the most recognition that he's got, but also Mr. Og was on that box. So
1: yeah, yeah. well, you know, if, if a Mr. Ogg figure has to exist to make a hokum hair figure exist.
2: God, you know? if they put hokum hair and Mr. Ogg as a two pack.
3: <laughs> yeah. Who is that for, except for guys like us? It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah.
2: literally, <laughs> that is the pack for you and I, right. And nobody else.
1: Oh man!
2: God, that's funny. It's
1: just a whole—I don't know. It's almost like a monkey's paw when well, I let's hear that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> Do you also see
3: they—they uh, updated the turtle van? NECA did.
2: Yeah. Um, so we got to cover that too, Trevor. Um, I guess they pushed back the turtle van, and then they also kind of revealed the new like shape for it.
3: Yeah, and the lights work now too. I
1: think I heard. Yeah, so. ooh, working lights. Yeah,
2: um, and then there, Kevin and Peter did the cartoonist kayfabe, uh, YouTube channel. I haven't watched this one. This interview, I haven't watched it either.
1: I haven't watched they go over I, issue two. Yeah. I haven't watched I, the first one yet. I, I'm way behind. I watched the interview with Peter, but I haven't watched them going over these comic book issues with Peter. And now I think they've also gone through issue three with them, which like, you know, I mean, is is cool and it's good for them. And And Peter should just live his life and do whatever he wants to do with it. But there's like that selfish part of me. That's now like super excited. That's just like, is this, are they getting him excited again? Are they going to be the yeah. reason that Peter gets back into comics and finishes volume four? Yeah, like is
2: that the ulterior motive here? Is he finally gonna can get have, on it?
1: Can we have Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird team up on like a story again? Cause that would be amazing. Yeah,
2: it'd be incredible if he like convinced Kevin to finish volume four with him. Yeah, instead of like Jim.
1: I don't know. I think that he'd at least finish whatever story he was telling with Jim, but it's possible that he could work with Kevin on something else. Like, imagine a crossover with the Mirage Turtles and the IDW turtles. Like we get like a, a turtles universe story with them. I mean, I'm getting to a point where I am getting a bit of like crossover fatigue with turtles versus and turtles. Like, don't get me wrong, we have two different kinds of turtles forever things. Yeah. A lot of people seem to want it a lot. And sometimes <clears throat> it is too many turtles, but
2: God, there's this kid right now who's like, what if like all the cartoons like met up? And it's like, that's 24 turtles. Yeah. <laughs> or no, that's six, 16 turtles. Yeah. And then he like threw in the Mirage one. So that was 24 and it's like, or uh, 20. And it's like, how do you craft a story around that? Like, yeah. there's, there's nothing there. That's literally just, you want to see all of this it's not interesting
3: that's yeah. why they made toys you do it on your on your bedroom <clears> floor <throat> yeah, you know? exactly yeah every turtle gets one line in this cartoon
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah exactly like I not mean, to mention like that's that would be so expensive of a cartoon to make
1: yeah if they could manage to find a way to have a story that did incorporate like every version of the turtles somehow like mm-hmm. in, you know the different universes and whatever it would be very impressive like don't get me yeah. wrong, and, and you know it could be good if they you know if they really thought it out and had a good story for it. The thing is you have to have a good story for it, and if you don't then don't just try to make this thing happen.
2: Yeah, exactly like like because it, it just when when you just want all the turtles like that like it just gets fan service like that's not interesting.
1: Yeah well i think
3: i have like verse fatigue too like spider-man's been doing it so much yeah uh, that's true too even that like the cartoon that was on when i was a kid like the last couple episodes were a
1: spider verse and they're still doing it to this day yeah Yeah. like geez louise yeah no there is that like i've even seen people like whenever you talk about a fighting game roster how you have people like suggest that like each version of the turtles like be in the game kind of thing and like it's and it's just like guys that's that's the whole roster. Like you don't want the whole roster to just be all of the different Ninja Turtles for every universe. Like maybe you can have some skins that, you know, homage different versions and things like that to work, make it work. But yeah, that would just be such a a crappy roster. (laughs) Yeah. We have four main characters and
3: 28 Dr. Marios, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Like Smash Brothers already has that problem. Like we don't need that. In whatever turtles game you're imagining,
1: and, and that's the thing, like like if it's a fighting game or any game that's going to have like a roster with more than just the turtles to play, like the turtles are already going to fill up so much of that roster because there's four of them, you know, like mm-hmm. you already have that like base cast that you have to include of the turtles, April Casey and and, Spl- and Splinter, which is seven characters already. Uh, you know, it's like you can't you can't fill that with more turtles. Yeah. I mean, you can, but you know, you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm really surprised we never got Shredder in uh, Mortal Kombat because he seems like he would fit just like, boom, perfect. Yeah, I think Wouldn't it would know? be. I think that'd be awesome. I what I think the issue with getting him in Mortal Kombat is would be Nickelodeon. Oh, I could be wrong. Yeah,
2: no, hundred percent. Like you can't. I mean, we we had Tom talk about it on our in our interview. Like y- you can't really have the turtles killing anybody.
1: Yeah, but this would be yeah. Shredder.
2: <laughs> right, but he's still like a character in in Turtles. Like
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: He killed like and everyone like I know somebody's gonna point out like, oh, he killed that one foot soldier in Batman versus Ninja Turtles. It's like Yeah. He did but technically off screen.
1: Yeah. Well he killed that guard when he also like ran his claws through the back of him.
2: Oh, did he? Uh
1: yeah. He's Techokagi or whatever you <clears throat> they are exactly. But. he ran those through the back of a guy and killed him. So that was kind of cool. And, and, you know, there's been parts in the comics where he has too, you know, but like we still haven't seen Nickelodeon make a move on the last Ronan on the screen. And maybe they're waiting for more material to come out of the comics to make sure it wasn't just a fluke. If they are going to do anything about it, I, I don't know. But so I, think and Lost, Greta, I think they Lost don't Years have to.
2: That, I think Lost Years is that test, you know? Yeah.
1: And the other thing is like, they don't necessarily have to, you know, don't get me wrong. The Last Ronin is great as it is. Yeah. Good comic book. I I enjoy it. It can stay a comic book. That's fine. But I just do think it's kind of a shame that you do see this audience and people who are excited about a Ninja Turtle story that is aimed at the older audience. Uh, And, you know, Nickelodeon kind of just keeps shrugging at it. You know, I don't know, because like there's even so many collectors and granted, I guess the collector's toys are already selling like they they already are. They don't need to make something to keep selling collector's toys because collector's toys will already exist and they'll keep buying them with the old series. Yeah. But I just feel like you could make maybe possibly more if you made it more mainstream and be able to make money off of that if they want toy, if it's toy money they're after. I'm going back to the mortal Kombat thing
3: sorry oh but you're good sorry the, yeah we the, totally that, uh, gears. uh uh the press release for the the crossover with street fighter uh uh-huh. includes the line and i was trying to find this line it's like fans of no holds barred action hard edge fight choreography and unspeakably brutal finishing moves rejoice and it's like yeah. well that's mortal combat yeah, that's not street fighter yeah you know?
1: <clears throat> I thought you said the wrong thing at first Mike I was like wait a minute <laughs> yeah no it would be cool I I mean I would man yeah I would love to see Shredder and Myrtle Kombat. I think that'd be super cool or possibly Dark Leo oh yeah <laughs> which
3: uh, started in back to the sewers I, I think we forgot to mention that yeah or 2003 but yeah that's an idea from back to the sewers which is awesome
1: yeah, they all have that when they all turn into the Dark Turtles in that one. Do we have any other
3: uh, comics coming out? I know I was going to talk about that remastering of Ninja Turtles Eight, but like, what's on the docket for IDW? Um,
1: I'm not one hundred percent certain. I need to figure out when the Next Alliance issue comes out, but I think it's a minute before that. Before that comes out. <laughs>
2: Uh, hold please. March 8th, currently. March 8th? Yep.
1: Oh, okay. Wow, it's going to be a well while till we get to do another one of these.
2: Oh, it just came out last
0: week.
1: I know. But I also already read the two other latest issues, and I'm excited to talk about those already. <laughs>
2: yeah i I just bought him yesterday and i want to i want to read him
1: oh man i won't spoil anything oh
2: god i'm tired
1: super good I stayed up
2: way too late last night
1: yeah i feel you it's
2: 2023 and we still have people asking who the fifth turtle is oh i know please read the comics
1: Who is the fifth (laughs) turtle oh and
2: somebody somebody just said uh when will they be in Mortal Kombat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> when will they get their own fighting game? I'm, I'm tired of them guesting and everyone else's games. Give them their own. You heard Ooh. the man, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, all my ideas will just print you money. Mm-hmm. I have the creative genius and, and the visionary mind of a Zack Snyder's Justice League fan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a cell phone if i've that's, ever heard one yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, now i i know that a fighting game probably wouldn't sell well so i know i'll probably never get one but you know deep down inside there's this part of me that just hopes that out of some sort of fan service they will is that nickelodeon a, fighter game still a thing or is there one i'll start brawl done? I don't think it's really being updated and it just doesn't seem like it's caught on. Every single attempt to make a Smash clone, like a Smash Bros. clone just never works out. Like they, tr- Except for Brawlhalla it kind of did because it was free to play. And like Multiverse has tried to capitalize on that. That's Warner Brothers' version. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Is
3: that, exactly. that still around?
1: Everyone did. Jeez. It is, but I don't think they've updated it. I don't think they're even adding anything to it. I think they've kind of abandoned the project. Uh yeah, you know, they brought in like Black Adam as a character, and then the movie bombed, and that thing. Yeah, you know, that game definitely. What
2: yeah. are you talking about? That that movie made a bunch of money. That's what The Rock said.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I does The Rock a line to says. you? I I look like man. The more I hear about like what he was doing in the background to try and like make this movie happen, just man. It like, just seems kinda underhanded.
2: That's I mean, not even just underhanded. Like he he's been looking for something to make him like the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he's been looking for that for years. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I always found like weird mm-hmm. about him and like this weird desire is that like he latched on to Black Adam so hard. Yeah. Like he like black adam's a character nobody cares about yeah nobody cares about black adam if you say you're a black adam fan you are a damn liar like he's (laughs) a villain he's he's an anti-hero occasionally yeah but most of the time he's a villain for shazam yeah and nobody cares about him in any other context. So to try and sell him as, like, this new superhero that's going to, like, change the hierarchy of the DC universe. And even and even then, it's, like, he became such a weirdly, like, proponent of the film, too. Like, like he's got to hype up his own project. I get that. Yeah. But the, like, the whole, like, it's going to get made, guys. Like, this this commitment to it. Like he was working on getting it made so hard. And like, this was like a pet project to him. It's like, why do you care so much about this care? Like why this character?
1: I think it's just because there are people that fan casted him for it. I think he was trying to capitalize on the popularity of superheroes.
2: Oh, I mean, well, there's that, but it's like, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's almost like Black Adam was the only character he had ever heard of
1: yeah
2: (laughs) and that's and somebody and somebody told him like hey i think you would be cool as this character and that's kind of it like yeah like he and he because he never seemed like showed any interest in anything else and it's like because i think he would have been a fine lobo but lobo's not like
0: nah. that's the thing okay
2: (laughs) i mean i think he was fine i think he's a great lobo Okay. Like, honestly i'm honestly excuse me I'm, I'm honestly pretty stoked that jason momoa is going to be
1: doing it do we know for sure if yes
2: i think i think that was is
1: it guaranteed okay i mean that would be super cool like i don't know i i've read like just like a couple lobo comics from the 90s and they're just mm. so crazy and ridiculous that I, I want to read the whole series because it's funny, anyway you know, But the, I already have so many like, comics I'm reading.
2: <laughs> it's funny because like Lobo would fit in Ninja Turtles.
1: I mean, like, anything can fit in Ninja Turtles, though. You right, but but, but like
2: anything. Lobo specifically could show up in like Mirage. Oh, for
3: a, sure. Oh yeah, there's a special in the Adventures series <clears throat> that has
1: a worm that's Lobo. I mean, the <clears throat> like the Lobo artist on those miniseries is Simon Bisley. Who
2: yeah, I mean, there's that body it. count,
1: you know, like it's it's got, definitely got that same wacky flair. I think there's a reason why him and Kevin Eastman vibe and and uh, get along the way they do. Uh, I mean, granted, he's not the writer, but still, you know, some of the craziness comes from the art itself.
2: Yeah. But yeah, so I think like. It, it's so it, yeah, so it always just it, it always just struck me weird that he was so like passionate about this no name character because like why it's like you're 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 too big of a star to care about this kind of a character yeah like cause even then like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool like as much as people like Deadpool like he he wasn't a list until the movie
0: yeah
2: um and that goes with a lot of the Marvel movies like you know the Avengers were were nothing compared to like the fantastic four and x-men and spider-man in the early 90s i
1: mean robert downey jr had some
2: he no he was coming he was coming back from like his fourth like yeah, rehab. Yeah. like the the reason why they got him was because he was so cheap because nobody wanted to work with him mm-hmm. that was all part of his like comeback tour yeah and then the movie did find like fantastically and then he thankfully has stayed off of uh you know drugs and alcohol and he's been fine ever since and it's like he and and that's why like it always it always it's always weird when like you have all of these movies that like cast big name stars like that and it's like and they, and they, like I said, they get weirdly passionate about these like weird characters that they sh- really shouldn't be getting so passionate about. Mm-hmm. So, anyway,
1: yeah. But and the thing is, like, I heard that like that like to get Henry Cavill in his movie, he went like over the DC people's heads and went straight to like the WB execs and convinced them that it would be a good idea. Like he muscled his way. Like trying to like get this universe to be built around him as yeah. black Adam,
2: yeah and Do he I use don't, his
1: actual muscles or his brain muscle? <laughs> i mean, I, mean I, I, I,
2: I don't doubt that i don't I don't doubt that that happened because he's that much he's his ego is that big like I don't doubt that that happened um but it's it's just it's that ego that really just kind of Soured everybody on it because it's like, you know, you, again, Black Adam isn't the character to build to build a universe around. Nobody cares about Black Adam.
1: Well, there's just also not enough like stories to like about him to like build an entire universe around him. Yeah,
2: I mean, and, you and also the way he need to adapt stuff from the comics. Like you can make, you know, like you can make your own. Like some of the, I mean, the Marvel movies like adapt stuff, but they're not like there's still their own stories with their own versions of the characters like- for sure
1: but like there, there's still some adaption happening there though that's kind of the thing with Black Adam you I don't know like you, I feel like you'd have to start like really rewriting a whole lot like like really not even be adapting anything and go off the rails and I don't know we know all the best you know all the best anime definitely deviate from what the manga is <laughs> It's always a good sign. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I think it's good to have something to adapt from and kind of pull from. Uh especially if you're using these characters from this universe and with these stories, like you should pull from mm. from those stories. Otherwise there's no point in adapting the character. You know, it's like make a new one.
2: Yeah.
1: But that's just kind of my my two cents.
2: No, I gotcha.
3: <sighs> All right. Should we jump into the. <clears throat> yeah, we should get going. It's already issues. Issues is the word, not episodes.